Welcome to Running Is Bullshit, I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. Amy, 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 we have got five races coming up to tell you about. We've got stories from the front, we've got stories from the back, we've got a hundredth episode announcement, Saucony still making mental shoes, and a competition for all of you listeners that is actually good. It's all going on. This is a big episode. But first, before all that, minor pissy things about running. My thing I want to complain about, again, probably, Strava relative effort. Keeps shitting on me for running slowly. Um, Gary House is a good follow on Instagram. He's a coach. uh, He's done Dragon's Back. And he did a reel about how Strava fitness is nonsense, as it showed that during the week he ran the Dragon's Back, he ended up 250% more fit than he was at the beginning of the week, which is clearly ludicrous. Yeah. Like the idea that you've finished running hundreds of miles, you're like, yes, I feel better than ever. Immediately at the finish line, you are at your fittest. I mean, it's insane. And because I do a lot of my runs slow, whether it's at my run club, where I tend to be a tail runner, or even canny cross training runs, my heart rate is lower than usual because I'm being pulled, but I'm still taking it easy. So my heart rate is generally a lot lower when I'm doing those kind of runs. So by the next day, I've actually lost fitness. And it just doesn't make any sense. Surely Strava, with all of its data, must be able to come up with a better system that would show you gaining fitness in the days and weeks after runs and not instant peaks and then drop-offs. Because that's that's not how fitness works. Like The fitness graph is kind of a nice thing for long-term, like to see your progress over, you know, a few years maybe. But as an indicator, definitely. It's, not, it's definitely not an actual measure of fitness calling it fitness is is crazy like if you used to drive on a browser it does actually show you lines for fatigue and form too which i actually think are more useful than like the fatigue is basically exactly the same as fitness just higher which kind of shows fitness is nonsense but form drops for each run and then recovers when you rest and like why isn't that the headline measure that's a much better one to me i just the thing is, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not aware of any of this stuff because <laughs> no, I use Strava literally so I can look at my maps and be like, oh, that's a nice, like, pattern on the map where I've been. That's nice. <clears throat> and I use it to track my mileage and my elevation. That is it. Because I, I do feel like it can't be that accurate. Like, ha- measuring fitness, like, how are you defining fitness? How are you measuring it? Like, are you measuring it by heart rate? In which case, that's only telling you one aspect of fitness. Yeah, I think currently I'm 58 fit. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Age fifty eight or <laughs> it's not out of a hundred. I think you can go above you can go above a hundred, so it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. But like it, it peaks as soon as you finish a hard run and then drops. And like that's just not how fitness works. But it's nonsense because if you were to go to being like a, a sports science study about fitness, they'd have you strapped up to all sorts of machines, they'd be measuring your heart rate, your your lung capacity, probably whatever your muscles are doing, or whatever, you know, all these different things. It's not just something on your wrist and maybe a heart rate monitor. You know, you're not, you're not going to get an idea of how, how fit you are from that, really. I, I just think it's a load of bollocks, to be honest. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I do. I like the stats. I like to have them there, but it's just unfortunate the Strava ones, just, I don't, they're just not that useful. And they kind of use them as a bit of a headline. It's also one, like one of the sexy things that draws you in. If you're a premium member, you get access to all these stats. Not actually that useful. I literally just cancelled my Strava Premium because I wasn't Ooh. using it. I, I wasn't using it whatsoever. I can't remember why I got it. Why I got it now? Because there, there was something I wanted to see on it. I can't even remember what it was. So the fact that I can't remember what probably a discount as well. Feature. Yeah, there was a discount, but and then I saw it going out of my my account, and I was like, "What is that?" Because I pay for it yearly, so it was like a decent chunk coming out of my account. I'm like, what is that? My like, bloody Strava! 
I'm literally just looking at my mileage, my elevation. I don't need to be paying however much it is a year for that. So I just cancelled it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, I still won't because I still love the stats too much. Even if they're shit stats, I'd still rather have shit stats than no stats. That's that's clearly my problem. Also, very briefly, still getting bug bites. How am I still getting bug bites? Why aren't the bugs dead? It's November. It's nearly mid-November. Why aren't the bugs dead? Global warming? It's like 17 degrees some days. I know. It's, uh, it's kind of handy for racing, but fucking hell. I feel like I shouldn't still be in t-shirt and shorts and sweating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, and the bugs, I want the bugs dead. To catch up on last episode, Jay Reese Howes has been in contact and said, cheers for Claire's interview. It unlocked a memory of school and forgetting my PE kit and having to look through the lost and found box so I could participate. Lots of smelly, full of holes and not sure who wore them last, shorts and tees. No wonder lots of runners were put off running until we got a little older. Oh, yes. Yeah, a lot of punishment in that. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I must have been in that lost and found box quite a lot because I was fucking terrible at remembering PE kits and remembering the right kit at school. All the, I'd always forget shit. So I was probably in that box all the time. I think it was either the school I went to or I just missed that era because we didn't have one of those. I just used to not take my PE kit and use that as an, like an excuse or as a thing to say I'm not doing PE. You know, I've said on the podcast before, I ain't carrying around a full change of clothes with me around school all day on my back. You know, I'm not going on a trek somewhere. I'm not doing it. So I, I didn't. I wasn't quite in that era of having to use a lost and found box. I would have refused probably anyway. Your, your teachers just didn't give a shit. No, no. no They're like, I'm not going to do PE. Okay, fine. I don't, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. But that, that suited me. That suited me, actually. It was, it was a mutually beneficial relationship. <laughs> We've had an update from Paul Wilshire on exactly how he pooed in the long grass in the dark metres from a toilet. Good, good news, everyone. He said, Hi, Amy and Stuart. Thank you for reading out my email. Let me explain my logic for the crab. You see, girls are used to squatting for a wild wee or wild poo. <laughs> any, any reaction to that, Amy? Straight off. Just, He's just explaining this, this to is- you. Yeah, thanks for that, Paul. But I know where this is going. I'm already shaking my head. (laughs) Me being a man, he continues, I've always stood up for a wild wee. Is there any other way? So logically, I thought I'd be more stable in a crab position. Logically. (laughs) Now, when I say crab position, I mean without the bridge. So I think we mentioned that the other week. So like with your hands and feet on the floor backwards and you're like pushing your hips right in the air and you're in an arch. I mean, I can't do that. Never been able to do that. It's insane. Um, Yeah. It's a, a crab yoga pose with bridge, apparently also known as the wheel pose, if any yoga wankers out there want to know what we're talking about. Uh, he says, it's very impressive, but it's not practical. And is that what Amy thought he was doing? No. Okay. Okay, Paul, this is where your logic falls apart, because I didn't think you were going that extravagant. The second image you showed us as a reference, which is just like a reverse tabletop pose in yoga apparently that is what i was imagining you doing and it's still bizarre yeah it is still very much bizarre (laughs) so it's still again like um kind of back on the floor hands and feet down and so you're kind of creating a rectangle with your body bent at the knees and arms straight down reverse tabletop pose that's what i was imagining but that's still an insane position to try and poo in yeah it's insane for a few reasons like firstly that is such a a position to put yourself in like it's yeah. still difficult but also when you're in that position surely your butt cheeks are naturally clenched like how do you yeah i mean surely you have to clench for that <laughs> I, that's not a, that's not a position you're supposed to put in because your but, legs are straight it, compared to your body your buttocks need to be clenching to keep you in that position what i really don't understand is why was a just a squat 
so beyond the realm of possibility for you. And I don't buy the excuse, well, girls are used to squatting. Anyone do it all the time. Girls do it all the time. The squat position, that's what you're doing on the toilet, but you've got a seat. So just the way you do it is go to go as if you're going on a toilet, but you don't actually go on a toilet. That's it. It's just squatting. I don't know why squatting is so difficult. Apparently that's a big deal. It's a hard thing to do. You could even... You can even hold on to a tree or something. You don't have to do it free oh, freehand oh, well. if you don't want to. Amy, preempting the scripts that you've you know already yeah. read, know about. Uh, luckily, Samantha Benson's Facebook algorithm has been corrupted by all this talk, and she was shown the crap strap. Now it's described as a tree pooping strap to help you poo in nature hands free. It's basically a strap you put around your waist and around a tree, so you're in that kind of toilet position without having anything to sit on, being held up by the tree isn't that useful i mean the only reason i could find that useful is if you were going to be in that position for quite a while like you know you you, you're going to get your phone out and look through tiktok or whatever i mean in which case you should not be out in the woods yeah in which if you need a poo in the woods it ain't going to take long to come out it's going to come out quick you can squat for that long like can people not actually just squat like i am not at all flexible or strong but I can squat if I need to. If I needed to shit, I would be able to squat. Yeah. yeah Come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> the crab position. Oh. Also had the crab strap from your mum. It's also being shown to her on Instagram. Yes. Yep, everyone's getting the crab strap now. Well, that's the van life. The, you know, that's the kind of thing <laughs> she's used to these days. Moving on from talking about shitting in the woods. Tea update. Ooh. So we've partnered with Bird... We've partnered with Bird and Blend, which means we'll tell you what tea we're drinking. And if you like the sound of that, you can go to runningisbs.com forward slash tea, click on the links and buy tea if you want to. Stuart, what are you drinking this week? I've got some Assam House Blend. Uh, I bought that because I like Assam tea because it's a nice strong black tea. But I didn't read the description properly because I'm lazy. And as it turns out, it's basically more of... um, an Earl Grey tea. So it's Assam tea with bergamot. So it's got a little bit of orange in there, but it hasn't got like the really floral notes that a lot of Earl Greys have. So usually I'm not a huge fan of Earl Grey because they're a bit too kind of sweet and floral. This is just black, strong black tea and a bit of bergamot orange in there. And it's very, very nice. Assam house blend. It's a good one. How about you? Nice. I have pink grapefruit tea, which is green tea and pink grapefruit. And it's amazing. What does green and pink it- make? Just kind of brown, doesn't it? Well, it is a quite pink actually. It's very, it's very, very okay. pink. It, but it, it's so, so tasty. I'm not normally a fan of grapefruit. I find it a bit sour, but it is, it's sweet. It's nice and sweet. And I'm very much enjoying drinking green tea again because I was previously on some medication where you can't drink really? green tea with it. Oh wow. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of SSRIs for those listening. Read your instruction booklets because <laughs> SSRIs you're not supposed to drink green tea on. And I thought maybe it just have like adverse side effects, like a headache or something. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to drink green tea anyway. It stops them from working. So don't, oh, yeah. don't drink green tea if you're on SSRIs. Yep. No longer on SSRIs. So I've got like a backlog of green tea that I'm working my way through. I'm Get through it. Enjoying. Nice. Yeah. So pink grapefruit green tea. It's amazing. It's nearly Christmas. We can start cracking out those Christmas teas again. Oh my god, yes. I, I ordered some the other day. I'm not going to say what I ordered, because that will be a surprise for another episode when I'm drinking them, but I've ordered a few festive teas. Nice. Amy, what has your bullshit been this week? Well, we'll come on to the, the ultra. The big story. The big story. The I know everyone story. everyone wants to know. The headlines. Um, 
yeah, mainly recovering from that. Yeah. Uh, this morning, Finley ran six miles. Nice. Finley Corgi ran six miles with us, which is a long way for little legs. Yeah, it is. He did very well. Even shorter than so, yours, yeah, aren't they? Yes, just a bit. Yeah. Just, just wow. by a fraction. So went on a bit of a, a family run around Cardiff Bay again, and Finley did his first six miles, which was which was nice. He did really well. He's like... He's actually becoming slimmer as well. We call this oh, Finny Fitness. Of course he did. So yeah. as we're running, we actually chant at him. We go, Finny Fitness, <laughs> oh Finny, Finny Fitness, Finny Fitness, Finny, Finny Fitness, over and over again. And, and he runs faster and faster as we chant. It's all, it's Is like he trying to get away? Are. Is he ahead of you at this yeah. point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's looking a lot slimmer. You can see his curves, you know, like Ooh, the curve of his ribs nice. and his hips. He's looking good. So, yeah. So, that's it, though, really. I haven't really been doing much else in terms of running, just because I've had been recovering. How about you? Well, we said at the top of the show, five races. Four of those have been mine in the last two weeks. Uh, it is a bit excessive. Um, I will only talk about one in any great detail. I'll do that later on uh, after your ultra story. Uh, first of all, I did the Richard Burton 10K and that's in a village in the South Wales Valleys, Cumavon, where he was born and apparently gave permission to the race to use his name 40 years ago. So it's been going 40 years, this race, which is quite impressive. Wow. Um, do you think Richard Burton had a 10K time or do you think he even knew what a kilometre was? I'm guessing probably not. Um, yeah, yeah, no idea. <laughs> probably uh, I, not. I don't think he was a big runner. Uh, I did get a coaster at the end of this race. And that's a very nice thing, a little slate coaster. And I know a lot of people have got like four of these now, so they're happy they've got a whole set. Uh, it's kind of weird. It's got a little uh, quote on it from his. Uh, it says, she can do everything. There's nothing she can't do. She looks after me so well. Thank God I found her. Which is an interesting quote from Richard <laughs> Burton, who was married five <laughs> times. <laughs> That's not... What? It's what? A, this race, it is a quirky local race. It is, say, it's 40 yeah. years old. The whole village comes out to see it. It's quite a large village. But everyone comes out to support it. Uh, it's, it's just, it, it really is its own wonderful thing it's a really fantastic little race it's kind of to me the kind of course wasn't that special in a way just because it was you know lots of residential streets running up and down some hills you do get to run across uh you run under two viaducts and then across the top of it and down kind of a cycle path then towards the end and that part of it's really really nice you run across the viaduct between uh the two uh hills in the valley there it is actually a really beautiful route in that respect but you know it's just kind of road running so it wasn't kind of massively my thing um, but yeah, Richard Burton has a 10K. Good for him. Mm, and some great words of wisdom on the coaster, whatever uh, the from, fuck that means. From one of his four wives that he married five times. Um, I've also, just this morning and yesterday, done Canicross in the Forest of Dean. And I'm still really knackered from that. It's, oh my God, running two days in a row for Canicross. I don't know whose idea that was, but I don't like it. Uh, it's a tough technical course, so obviously I loved it, because those are the bits I can do. Like muddy bits, hard bits, the narrower and twistier it is, the better for me, because I can do those bits, but there's kind of sections in between that where it's just like fairly flat, long gravel road through the forest. I just get absolutely fucked over then, because I just haven't got the speed. Because I do start fairly close to the front uh, for these races, um, but I just get absolutely battered on just basic speed, which is usually my problem in trail and fell runs as well. Um, now, when I tell people Canics, these events, don't have overall results, they just do them in age groups, people are going to roll their eyes. And it mm. does take the shine slightly off my next story. But you know what? A bloody one! Hey! I'm showing Amy my medal, my first place medal. My first ever. Amazing. For, well, I was going to say my first ever solo first place, but it's not technically because, you know, William was there as well. He was a team. <laughs> but I won two days in a row. 
I run, you know, there was only on the first day three men in my age category. So, you know, I was going to do all right. Go still. Um, and I don't know, only one of those, I know definitely one of those did the second day. I'm not even sure about the other, the third guy. So there might have just been two of us in the age category. But you know what? I still won. Yeah. So you weren't second. You won. I'll take it. Like I said, canics, it is done on age categories. And you know what? Men just don't do canicross for some reason. Mm. Like these events, there are three quarters women. That's, that's really interesting, reason. isn't it? I, yeah. yeah. I wonder why that might be. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it, well, it's dog stuff generally. It's more women. Agility is kind of the same yeah. and lots of other things like that. It's, it's generally women. But uh, men, if you've got a dog and you want to run with him, definitely do it because you can get prize. If I, can, if I can win, you know, the category for under 40s, come on, anyone else can do it. Did you get a prize? So I'm very happy like about an, that. Uh, something else other than a medal? I got, got, got a medal. Mm-hmm. There were trophies last year, just a medal this year. Oh, so, oh and also um, I turned up to the, the prize giving was at half past 12. We turned up at quarter past 12, missed it. What? <laughs> so that was sad. I missed my moment of glory because oh. I probably, being like the men's senior, I probably would have, maybe would have been read out first. So I would have had like, you know, people would have been, wouldn't have been bored of clapping by then. Mm. So I would have got all the glory, but I, I, I missed that. Well, you waited around so for it as well and then <laughs> missed it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we went away and came back because we uh, thought we don't want to have, we did it last year and we hung around for like three hours and it was excruciating. Yeah. So yeah, I missed it. So never mind. But I won. Yay, Yay. for me. Uh, my hamstring really hurts, though. Oh. <laughs> I'm in a lot of pain. Uh, the last two weeks, as I said, I've done like four races and it's been kind of tight the whole time. And and it really hurts now. I had a real good limp out of the car. Nice. Um, so loads going on. And I've, in between all of that, I did a couple of Canicross club sessions in the dark. And that was good fun. Just like me and up a load of people in a dark little car park in random bits of Cardiff and going for runs around fields and woods Dog- with big head torches on. You've been dogging in car parks. I have been... Dogging in car parks, yes. Nice. That was separate to the Canacross running. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was another night. Amy, you did an ultra... Well... Well... (laughs) Amy did get to the start line. I did. All those doubters... I, I was we put it on Instagram, line. and actually, it, it, it was slim. It was slimly in favour of you making the start line. But I think four of those accounts were yours. Yeah, voting yes because I knew I was going to make the yes. start line. Believe in yourself. You know, yeah, that's yeah. what I always say. Um, yeah, <laughs> you I, do. Yeah, that's classic you. <laughs> so I turned up, despite me hinting at Jen that maybe we shouldn't do it because I ran it with Jen Danger Harding, <laughs> friend of the show, uh, who was. I think I mentioned last time Jen has multiple injuries. I haven't trained mm. and dodgy achilles which actually didn't hurt at all and hasn't hurt since so i think if anything the race you fixed it fixed it by running up penavan um yeah so didn't train haven't even been consistently running really i've been Mm -hmm. averaging like if you look at my strava it looks like the patagonia logo like it's up down up down up down like you know go from doing two miles one week to 30 miles another so yeah haven't really been training most weeks have been more like 10 miles ish um but you know we thought we'd just go and have a go um you had to maintain a speed of 20 minute miles which i thought was quite reasonable you know that's Hmm. that that that's fine thought we'd probably be able to do that and there was a point at 20 miles where there was a cutoff um and i thought at that point if we'd had enough we could just sort of leave at that point because they'd obviously yeah. be prepared for people to be missing the car or whatever or 20 miles you know i can imagine some people would drop out at that point so i felt like yeah we could probably drop out there and, and go back to race hq um, so, sorry is that 30 miles in 10 hours then the calf 
It was 20, so the cutoff was at 20, and it was in um, six hours, which was bang on what we were aiming for. Because I tend to, like... That's reasonable, isn't it? Yeah, in ultras, they tend to try and keep, like, every 10 miles. They try to do every 10 miles in in less than three Mm. hours, you know? Three hours of a Yeah, that's fair. So I thought that's usually, like, my pace for, like, running an ultra. I thought that's absolutely fine. That's quite um, reasonable. Um, So it was a very small field. It tends to be quite a small field every year for this. There's only about 50 runners. Also, um, the weather was horrendous. It seems to be always <laughs> yeah. horrendous for this race. Like I've looked like past pictures, and it's always like chucking it down with ra- rain. But apparently, the race organisers were saying it was particularly bad this year. It was their best turnout, but their worst, worst weather condition and worst conditions for it. Um, lots of like very serious runners there, and you could tell from I looked at the results from last year that people were getting like quite decent times. You know. Um, mm to people who were quite serious about it so yeah the race itself it was great like we we kept like a really decent pace um there were some steep climbs so so the way it works is it's a loop from merthyr tidville to penavan and then back around like the other side uh so penavan is pretty much halfway so about we got to it about 13 14 miles of penavan and by the time we got back down the other side it was like 19 miles um so yeah, so there was a few, before Penavan, there was a few steep climbs, but there was like lots and lots of really runnable bits. So you could run for like a good mm. few miles before you had, you hit a bit that like we were walking at again. So we were doing like a pretty decent pace. We were like running probably 12 minute miles and then walking like 16, 17 minute miles. So like it was, we, we were doing absolutely fine. Jen injured herself on a style three, yeah. like I think it was about three miles in. Oh, for God's sake. I went over the style first and I said, careful, it's slippy. <laughs> she went over the style and slipped and hit like her hamstring basically really yeah. hard on it. Like went down like a sack of shit on this on this style <laughs> really hard. And she, she was like limping after like, you okay, Jen? She's like, yeah, yeah, it just feels like somebody's punched me in the hamstring really hard. <laughs> oh yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. So we 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 slowed we slowed down a bit after that. Like we were doing okay, but we slowed like we slowed down just a bit. Um, it was when we got to Penavan that that shit really hit the fan. So yeah, we, hit, we, shit hit the Penavan. Shit hit Penavan. So by the time we got to Penavan into the car park where the the next the second checkpoint was before we went up there, um, it started like pissing it down with rain and we'd already done quite a like probably two miles worth of walking before this because mm. we we're going over a load of bog and it was really difficult to run on because you never knew when your foot was just going to sink into the ground so i was i'm always super cautious about these things i didn't fancy running i didn't want to slip or um like twist my ankle in it because there was some parts where the bog was going pretty much above my knees so i was super cautious that, that was like two miles worth of pretty much walking and we'd already got a bit wet and, and cold. So we got to Penavan, really wet, sort of bored of walking. And obviously, we're not going to run up Penavan. It's going to be a walk up Penavan. And as we're walking up, Jen slows right down. And she's like, she could hardly put weight on the leg that she'd fallen on. So she was in a lot of pain going up. Yeah. But she's like, I just want to get over Penavan. I just want to go up. So we slow down a bit going up Penavan. Um, Partly, but it wasn't just because Jen had hurt herself. I was also really struggling with the climb. Like, it's a difficult climb mm-hmm. anyway. Like, anyone who who doesn't do, like, mountain running or anything a lot knows that yeah. it, it's difficult. And when you've just run 13 miles, it's it's even more difficult. So Yeah, I just had a quick check. It's about 1,200 feet in a couple of miles you do to get up from... Yeah, I think it's like two miles. I mean, obviously, that's on top, top of all the other... 
yeah that's on top of all the distance elevation you've already done yeah 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 it was difficult yeah it was it was always going to be a difficult climb and I knew that that's fine so I, I was prepared like that we take our time it actually helped that Jen had to slow down herself because that meant that we we paced it better in a way um but as we're climbing up the weather was just getting worse and worse because obviously Penavan it's the highest peak in South Wales or wherever, wherever yeah. geographical area it's the highest peak in um so you, you, there's no shelter, obviously. You're at the highest peak, so you're open to the elements. And it was horrendous. I was wearing some, I was wearing my waterproof coat and some gloves. The rain was coming sideways, so one side of me was drenched. And to the point where my gloves, you could just, I you could just clench my fist and water would just come streaming down. Um, and my waterproof coat, you see, waterproof coats are only waterproof to a certain point. I think they measure it in something. I can't remember what they measure it in. It's like a a measurement they use to say how waterproof a coat is but my coat was no longer waterproof and i have quite an you know an expensive proper trail running waterproof coat it was no longer waterproof mm. i was mm-hmm. soaked my very core so we went to i, I should mention as well we went up Penavan the like the tourist way i don't know what the name of the path's called but you know the sort of yeah, yeah. Tar, almost the, the classic kind of story arms route yeah 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 from the car park so we went up that way which was quite nice in a way it made it very easy because you didn't really have to concentrate on what you're doing just climb mm. up but we went down oh, the way down is made tough. i've never been down that way i've been down a slightly different way um almost to the side but i've never been down that way which is jacob's ladder and we got yeah. to the edge of this thing and this blue flag i mean when it's called ladder you know yeah. you're having a bad oh time. my god so the, the, the course was really really well marked for saying it's over 30 miles because obviously like with ultras sometimes people get lost because it's hard to mark an ultra really really well the whole way isn't yeah. it because it's such a large distance yeah. but they've marked it like amazingly i feel like i could have done it on my own i mean we were with the tail runner as well so he knew the way um but even if we weren't with the tail runner i, I felt confident that we we knew where where to go <laughs> there was just this flag and it looked like it was just on the side of basically a sheer drop and the tail runner yeah. is like jumping over these it, it is like a ladder isn't it it's like some big stone that goes down and, and he's like jumping over and at this point there's a river running down it there's water just running off the top of Penavan. Yeah, it's not supposed to be a river there wow. yeah like yeah. like a waterfall it was like a waterfall running cool. off the side of this this i don't even want to call it a path and me and jen just looked at each other like we're not because you can't see anything as well because the weather's so horrendous it's just mist all around us and i could just see this blue flag and this guy just like jump over the edge and, and he's like come on then and, and Jen looks at me and she's like, this is how people die. Like, this is literally how people die. And, he's like, and the wind, the wind was horrendous. So yeah. I, I honestly, at that point, it did feel quite dangerous. I, I, I was almost mm. sort of like, let's turn back and go the other way, go back to the checkpoint and drop out here. Um, but I thought, no, <laughs> come up here. So I did the thing where I just like sat down on my bum and scooted down on my bum, like down the, yeah. the ladder bit. Which mm-hmm. I probably would have had to do. I'm I'm short, so I probably would have had to do that anyway if the weather was was amazing. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was scary. It was the rain and the wind, and you could hardly see because it was so rainy and it was blowing into your face. I could hardly see what I was doing. And then that the way we went then was along this trail, um, back to I don't know where we were going at this point. We're just off off that side mm-hmm. of Penavan, and it was about three or four miles of the most horrendous trail ever. Oh, that Roman road. Yes. 
Yeah. The, the rocky, bouldery road. I no, hate that road. Like, the thing is, I'm not very good at, at running on surfaces like that because I'm really bad at, like, falling over, especially when I'm tired. And I'm, I'm aware, more aware of it when I'm tired is that I know that I'm not going to be able to pick my feet up very well. And it's just a recipe for disaster. So I had to walk this whole fucking road that went on forever with the wind and the rain. And if it had been really good conditions, I probably could have run some of it. But it was just because I couldn't see. Yeah. I could hardly see because the awful. rain was in my face. By this point, I was really, I was getting really cold to the point where I was quite scared mm. that I was going to become hypothermic. I, I was shivering uncontrollably because um, I just got soaked through. At one point, I took off my waterproof and put my thermal back on. But my, and that kind of... I thought it, thought it was helping at first, but after a while I realised it was just pushing my wet t-shirt against my skin and making me colder. Mm. Um, so I felt really stiff as well. Like, even if I wanted to run, I couldn't. Because, you know, when you're that cold, you feel like a robot sort of thing. Mm. It was the most horrendous sort of... I think it was about four miles in the end it took us to get to civilization. It was the most horrendous thing ever, ever. It was absolutely awful. That That stretch was awful like i've never i've never been so cold for so long in my life either and it, like i said i was legitimately getting quite concerned and jen said as well she was getting quite concerned about me because i was like i just kept repeating as i like, i'm getting really cold i feel really really cold and jen was saying like oh i'm just waiting for you to go oh i feel really warm now and then she knew it would be <laughs> game no. over so yeah so we, oh, yeah. we we got um we got to about mile 18 and there was, we then got to some more runnable trails, which was great. And we knew we were coming to the checkpoint mm-hmm. around, it was meant to be 19.5, but it ended up about 20 miles. And at that point, like we both knew like we're not carrying on. We'd missed the, che- we'd missed the, che- the um, cutoff by 20 minutes just because, well, we walked. Like we basically walked. Yeah. I think it must have been about six miles or something. We did, we ended up walking. Um, so we so we knew we'd miss the, the checkpoint, you know, the, the cut off. But even if they said to us, "Oh, you can carry on," we we wouldn't have done. By that point, we were yeah. done. I was so soaked through as well. I don't think I would have been able to get warm again if I didn't, you know. So yeah, so mm. we dropped out of that checkpoint and we got a lift back to Race HQ with Mountain Rescue, which was really exciting. The thing is, nice. when when my mum posted about it on Instagram. The way she phrased it was like as if I'd been rescued by Mountain Rescue. Yeah. I was like, I had to like clarify to people. No, no, they they were just waiting at the checkpoint and they just gave us a lift. They weren't. They they, they had been hired for the event. Yeah, they yeah. weren't. You weren't like calling them away <laughs> no. to rescue you. They were there for the event. Yeah, they were specifically there specifically for that job. Yeah, that, so it's okay. That was part of what they were doing. They weren't like I wasn't rescued off a mountain by Mountain Rescue. They mm-hmm. they gave us a lift back. Like, Shame. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, that was that was very that bit was was very exciting. Um, it was only when I got back to Race HQ and. Um, I got signal on my phone that I realised that people had been calling me like the race <laughs> the people organising the race had been two separate numbers had been calling me nice like an hour before we reached the checkpoint I think because the weather had gotten so bad and from yeah. checkpoint 2 at mile 13 to check to the checkpoint at mile 90 it, it had taken us so long and the weather was so mm. bad I think they were legitimately worried that something yeah. had I mean, happened that, yeah that's, that's good that they did that yeah and the guy one of the guys on the checkpoint had actually come out and walked about a mile because as we came, uh, as we could start running again, we saw this guy in the path. He's like, you okay? And we went, yeah. And like, we didn't know it was part of the race. And he's like, oh, the checkpoint's not far ahead. But he'd started walking to try and find yeah. us because it had taken us so long. Um, yeah, if we'd have just got there like half an hour before up and down the mountain, I think we would have been okay. It was it was just really bad timing when that weather set yeah. in. 
Uh, but like it, it was a, for what we did of it. That half or that well, we did more yeah. than half. But it was a really, really great race. It was all like really well marked. The organisers were really lovely. Um, but it, I think it's just really tough because the weather seems to be bad every year. Like when I've looked at the pictures, I, kn- I mean, I knew it's it November in the Brecon Beacons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And it, I think that's what makes it tough. I think in terms of the terrain and stuff, it's it's perfectly doable. I mean, I did 20 miles on no training and I felt fine. Like at the end of it, I didn't feel exhausted. I, I didn't have any aches or anything like that. I felt absolutely mm. fine. Um, and if it hadn't been raining like that, we could have probably carried on to, to the end. You know, it was just mm. the weather. It was the conditions. That's what makes it really, really tough. And horrendous. Yeah, and it and it was by far your most elevation you've ever run. Yeah, over four thousand feet, wasn't it? Yeah, but the nice thing is that most of the elevation was Penavan, which is nice because then you get yeah, it done. In one go, up and you down. get it done then, and then it's like nice. There were some other climbs, but they weren't they weren't that bad. So it's quite nice. Just when you get get up to it, you're dreading it, but once you've done Penavan, you're like, okay, I feel good now. We've done the main bit of elevation. It's just that's done. So, so yeah, but. That was the first time I've actually been properly scared in a race that I was going to, I don't know, mm-hmm. die or be seriously unwell or injured. And I'd just gotten that wet and that cold. Yeah, not good. <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah, I've never dealt with that kind of weather, really. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm very impressed. I was, kind of, I was kind of following it. And there's a few other people like, anyone heard from Amy yet? No. <laughs> no news is good news? Probably fine. Yeah. But, yeah, considering, like, how much elevation you did in 20 miles, considering what, you know, what you've done before and what your training is, you know, that's, that's a really good run. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I, I felt really confident afterwards. I felt, you know, if I actually train, I'd be, I'd be all right. I think if we'd have managed to – and, obviously, Jen was injured and stuff, which – which no one could have foreseen. But I think if we trained, if we'd have got to Penavan earlier, we would have completed the race easy. It was just like really bad timing in terms of when we hit the, the especially the top of the mountain. So while you were up that mountain enjoying that weather, I was actually only about 20 miles to the east of you where the weather was quite nice, no. as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was overcast and it drizzled a bit, but that was it which is pretty good for uh, race day. Uh, I was at the Chepstow Steeplechase, which is an obstacle course, and I specifically entered because it said in its description it doesn't have pure upper body strength obstacles, which is the runner's dream. Mm. Like the, the classic runner with noodly arms, you don't have to do any monkey bars or rings or any of that kind of shit. Um, it's all climbs and crawls, basically. And... Yeah, me and Holly, we got there. We we thought we'd take it fairly seriously. There's there was lots of kind of corporate entries. You could tell it was like those few people like matching T-shirts from some office. It was tell it was definitely a, a bit of a uh, Tracy and Sharon and Tracy from the office thought it would be a laugh to do oh, together. God. And so we went to like you know they said right everyone head to the start line. So we just like march up to the start line and this is like this ten meter gap while everyone else kind of ambles up behind us and like, okay, we look serious now. So like, fuck it, we'll put ourselves on the start line. It was one of those ones where like, okay, everyone get ready. And like, no one went to the start line. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll go there. I'll get right on the front. And so we, when they said go, led from the beginning. And again, I've never never done that for very long. Uh, and actually never properly in a race. I've done it in a park run, but never a race. And it's, it's really scary. Um, so we took it out reasonably hard. It's a bit of a downhill start. Um, first obstacle is a bit of a uh, like under thing under some tires we just kind of rolled under those carried on together got to the next one which is a bit of a like a, a small jump just a bit of a kind of a vault really um, and we both went over that together but Holly kind of turned around to come off backwards I just jumped off the top and ran and I was in the lead on my own and yeah just led 
the entire way. Amazing. Which was so, so scary. <laughs> Especially on an obstacle course where I don't actually know what the next obstacle is going to be. So I was getting to each obstacle first and just like having to size it up. Again, they weren't what I really liked. All the obstacles were really, really good in that they were challenging in a fun way. They weren't impossible. There was nothing there that you'd like, well, shit, I just can't do this. Because some of the other ones I've done years ago have had just walls. And even if it's just like a six foot wall, I cannot get over those. I have not got the upper body strength to get myself over a wall. Um, so they're all like climbs and crawling under things and through things. There was kind of a good, a good, really good challenging level um, for a, a shit week runner. Um, we did a couple of laps. Uh, well, actually, no, before we get to the, before we get to the laps, I need to tell you about the mud. Fuck me, the mud. Um, now, I knew this company, Relish Running Races, they are. They've got a bit of a reputation for muddy races. There's another one they do uh, in Eastnall, uh, which is incredibly muddy. And I kind of, so I got around this corner and there was, you know, in just like a little kind of uh, patch of trees and some mud in the middle. Looked pretty bad. I thought, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to go straight through the middle, of course, because that's what you've got to do. And because I hit it first, it was still pretty thick. And so I kind of hit the top. And obviously sunk right into my knees initially. And it just kept getting deeper. And so I was trying to like spread myself out on top. Because there's a bit of moss and stuff on top of it as well. A bit of sticks and things from the trees. And I was like, right, spread my way. I've seen cartoons about quicksand. Spread my way out to try and keep myself on top as much as possible. But then unfortunately I was too far on my front. Put another leg down and end up twisting onto my back. So I'm like basically stranded on my back with my arms flailing because I can't right myself because there's nothing to push against. Oh there's God. nothing to move yourself against. And I think eventually I was up to my armpits for a little while. And like genuinely, I've never been in that much mud. And it was so thick. Again, because I was the first to hit it. It was so thick. And so my tactic was to shout as loudly as possible. So I'm just going, wading through it up to my waist for most of it. Just like, ah, ah, just for each step, just to drag myself through. Because I'm still racing this. Because there's this kid behind me the whole way. He was like on my shoulder for a lot of the things. Because he kept coming up behind me and sitting on my shoulder. And I thought, mate, just go past. Is it a, lit- a literal but child? Got- like a child? Well, 19, no. kid. Yeah. About 18, 19. Um, And every time we got to an obstacle, because I'm an idiot, I threw myself over each obstacle, you know, no hesitation. So I wasn't quick. I was just more stupid than him. And so especially in the mud, I absolutely dropped him at the mud. I don't know what he did. Um, But got through that again, like mud up to my, over my chest. There was a little water thing after that as well, which washed a little bit off at least. That was quite nice. But that was like through a stony kind of massive stony puddle. So I like threw myself on the ground, cut my knees, obviously, cut my hands a little bit. That's fine. No worry about that. Um... Go on, went on, finished the lap, turned around, and as I do the turnaround, I can see where this guy is chasing me, so I'm like, shit, I need to keep ahead of him, because he looks much fitter than me. <laughs> so I went to do another lap, but as I was doing the second lap then, uh, there was the second wave that had started 20 minutes or so oh, behind us, God. so I was catching those guys as well pretty quickly. Mm. Um, there was also catching the tail of our wave, because you know, a lot of people just walking it, doing it for fun uh, in a big group. So I was catching them. I knew what was coming then. I knew I had to keep running. But the problem is, when I was in the lead, and again, lapping these people at the back who were just having a nice day out, I, it's really hard to not be a dick and be like, sorry, can you, I just, can I just go over, can I just get, get out of the fucking way, yeah, I'm in a race. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to win this. There's someone chasing me. I'm trying to win. You're in my way, but desperately not trying to sound like that. So, sorry, can I just, can I just, yes, 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 yes
and just slipping past people. And there's a little windy section through the bracken where like that that was a good bit for me because that's you know that's as I said before those are the bits I can do mm. so I was like smashing my way through that and overtaking people and like taking them by surprise but again this kid he just kept getting right on my shoulder he must have been on my shoulder for at least 3k of this it was I think it ended up being about 9k he was on my shoulder so much I like and I think at one point there was this long hill and I was thinking to myself just overtake me and I can give up mm. that's all I wanted because if he went past me I'm like fuck it I'm not going to catch him I could have backed right off I would have been happy, but he didn't. And so it went through the mud again. By the time it got to the mud the second time, obviously still as deep, but a lot looser, a lot uh, waterier, because everyone had gone through it at that point, and it kind of stirred it all up, so it was easier to get through. So I still got through it pretty quick, but, you know, with my shouting tactic, just wading as hard as possible. It'd be really nice, actually, if they put a rope over it or something like that, so you could actually pull yourself through. Because when I got there, there was lots of other people there, and there were, a lot of them just got like, going around the edges of it, mm. which I think is legit. I think they said, you know, you can you know, obviously skip obstacles. You can do what you want. And people were getting up to like their knees. But I'm like, come on, if you're going to do it. Because I thought I could have gone around the edge and I could have done it quicker. But, you know, you know what? If I'm in the lead, if I'm going to win this thing, I'm going to win it honestly. Mm-hmm. So straight through the middle again, up to my waist, waded through, uh, managed to get all the way to the end again, dropped this kid who was obviously not particularly confident with the mud. It didn't help. He was carrying his iPhone and his AirPods. In. What? I don't think he quite realised what level of obstacle course this was. I was going to say, who takes so, AirPods into that sort of environment? Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 You don't want to be listening to music at that. You do kind of need to concentrate. So I think that slowed him down. He was being a bit overcautious, which was great for me. I got to the final climb. Uh, it was, you know, not too bad, you know, like a three, four meter climb. But as I got there, there were five women on top, matching T-shirts, all sitting and posing for a camera. Oh my God, no. And so I, I'm getting there. So I climbed up and i was like oh just oh so there's a great photo of me of them posing and me sticking my head and a thumbs up over the top going like hi there <laughs> but if but when you look through the photos there's me posing for that photo and like four seconds later i'm off the other side and running again so i'm like hi there get the fuck out of the way because again he's catching me by this point because it's downhill and it's kind of a good runnable section mm. under some nets was the last one I looked over my shoulder maybe 27 times in the last 200 meters mm. just to check where I was and crossed the line. Well, I say crossed the line in first place. There was also a 5K going on. Oh. And so there were people finishing then. So it's not as if I was the first to cross the line, yeah. which was a little disappointing because the guy then, you know, the guys coming in don't know if I've done the 5 or the 10K mm. at that point. So no one, you know, I crossed the line. No one said anything. No one's like, well done. There's just two guys in clipboards, you know, writing down times. And that, okay, it's a little bit of an underwhelming finish. Mm. But I'm like, well, I... I finished first. Mm. I went in the first. The good runners are going to be in the first wave, right? Mm. No one goes in the second wave of an obstacle course because the obstacle course gets fucked up by the second wave. Mm. So I had to wait for the results because I said there was a second wave. Uh, they said results would be out at 3 p.m. I like refreshed my phone a few hundred thousand times to check. Uh, results came out at 9 p.m. And I so, saw, you know. Okay, great. I'm going to look at this. Actually, there was one guy who overtook me who must have been in the second wave. He, on this, my second lap, he went past and I didn't quite get a look. I wasn't sure again if he was a 5K or a 10K runner. So I wasn't sure. I thought, well, I'm probably, probably second. Okay, that's still pretty good. I've done well. So I like, got the results. I'm like, oh, there's that guy. There's someone. Ninth. <laughs> I was fucking ninth. Oh, how many waves were I spent there? the... In- just two. <laughs> but these eight, these eight dickheads went in the second wave. And beat me. I spent the whole day convinced 
I possibly had won or at least finished second or third. And I finished ninth. Um, maybe the second wave, there weren't any fun runners. Maybe you were in the fun runners wave. Yeah, I, I, perhaps they just they just ended late and they just went into the wave two or for whatever reason they chose the second wave. But I was so, so pissed off. Kid that was chasing me won his age category, of course. Obviously. <laughs> and even worse, Holly ran it as well. Uh, she won. Oh. <laughs> she was first woman across the line. So I'm like, yeah, good for you. Great. <laughs> Really proud of that. But she actually, at least she had a race. Similar to me, she had an actual race on. So there was a woman like 20 seconds behind her in the end, but they were like leapfrogging the whole way. Mm. So that's very satisfying. At least she actually got a proper race out of it. Because frankly, it's a kind of race where a lot of people don't really race it. Yeah, you know, yeah. people do it for fun. It's a silly obstacle course. But, you know, there was at least eight guys there who were really racing it. But actually, if you look at the, the photos, they looked fine. Mm. They, they looked like they were having just a nice jog. I was absolutely one of those middle-aged men who was getting over the uh, obstacles. And then when I was running, I was like, I was properly being one of those kind of annoying men who cannot control their vocal cords anymore because I was so tired. I was pushing so hard to try and stay ahead. It was an ordeal. But I do absolutely recommend that race. Chepstow Steeplechase from Relish Running. Really, really good fun. Uh, loads of really good marshals. Those I followed the lead lead bike for the first lap as well. That was good Amazing. fun. <laughs> Never followed a lead bike before. That was super exciting. But yeah, I absolutely recommend that race. I think you should do this one next Mate, year. No, no. I know there's the mud, which I don't. I know you're not particularly keen on. But yeah, I said you can skirt around the edge of it. But I think genuinely you'd have a lot of fun in this. Mm, I'm not like an obstacle course person. I've done an obstacle no. race once, once. Yeah. In 2014. Never again. <laughs> and well, I, I did love as well. Like for the next week, my I had like big cut on my knee and a big lump on my knee, and like my sh- my shins were basically yellow because again, I just threw myself at everything and like anything I need to hit the floor, I just hit the floor. There's stones there, yeah, whatever. So again, that's definitely what helped me in this. Is just you've got to be stupid. You don't need to be fast. Well, actually, you do need to be fast. Otherwise, eight guys beat you yeah. without you knowing about it. <laughs> well done on ninth place. <laughs> well done on ninth place. But I've made up for it today. By winning first place. Oh, oh, that was an ordeal. That was a good race. Anyway, you can support this podcast and us doing more good races, finishing last or first. You can go to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit and donating money every month. New to the list this month is Jenny Tamasebi. We apologize in advance for every time we pronounce that wrong. Dewey and, oh, Amy. Oh, Amy, it happened. Oh, God. Uh, we joked after recording last time we'd feel bad about this. And we got an email with a new Patreon and then a tweet from Hannah Barley, who said, paste you a compliment to say how much I like the podcast, then get shamed in be- into becoming a Patreon. Now, that is a bit BS. I look forward to hearing my name in the song next episode. Oh, oh we're so sorry. I, I feel like there's bullies at school that has just taken her lunch money. <laughs> We are. We've we've picked her up, turned her upside down, and sh- shaken her until we've got money out of yeah. our pockets. Oh. Uh, oh, we're sorry, but also thank you. Yeah, thanks. Alan. <laughs> uh, here is everyone else that gave us money this month. Sherry Grubbs, Francis Howe, H. Hannah, By, Ridge Sky, Penny Simpson, Stuart Stephen, Sam, Whaley, Ivor Hewitt, Drew Edwards. Sophie Nichols, Ruth, Katie, Nikki, Genders, Matt, Jones, Max, McCarty, Dawn Shepherd, David Irwin, Matt, Catherine, Jonathan Carter, Liz, Reese, Sam.
Debbie Hurley, Victoria Magnus, Ian Thompson, Kirk, Shepherd, Dewey Paul here, Bert, Karen, Hamilton, Darren Roberts, Elizabeth Shaban, Andy, Nichols, Raymond Quinn, Julia Page, A, P, Matt, Garner, Trish, Alton. Karen, Blaze, Jay, Shambolic, Adam, Max, Zowski, Lisa, Gibbon, Elliot, Line, Rachel, Bullmore, James, Lampen, and Martin, Bernadette, McCarthy, Brian Simpson, Foster Swales, Maria Wicks, Rachel Bentley Lee, Wood, Cassie, Joe, Vicky Robbins, Clark, Gilmore, Victoria Dick, Catherine Fenton, Gabby, Thomas Nyer, Andy Robbins, Kel Ryder. Adam Atkinson, Charlie Neverson, Jason Spinks, Sophie Jacks, Amanda Murray Hines. That was a long one. It went on forever. Too many names. Don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Running Is BS. Let us know why you particularly hate running this week. And somebody who did just that is Donna, who messaged us on Instagram and said, Deep water pool running is bullshit. A dodgy ankle tendon means no running on solid ground for the moment, so that means a flotation belt and endless loops at the deep end of our backyard pool. 30 minutes got me less than 1.5 kilometres. Thankfully, your podcast got me through. It's mind-numbing. I've just discovered you. Wait, hang on. Wait. <laughs> it's my... Thanks. <laughs> your podcast got me through. It's mind-numbing. Well, you know, we do what we can. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, I've, I've just discovered you and I'm working my way through the back catalogue. Keep up the excellent work. Oh, Donna, that's that's not the way to go. I know that's what you're supposed to do, is do stuff like that. But uh, pool running? No, I don't think I'd ever do that. Well, a slight flex having a backyard pool with a deep end. Yeah, yeah, deep enough to run in. Like, But, but I checked her profile and she's in Australia, so I think everyone just has pools there. So. Yeah, I think the government, like, issue them. <laughs> not as much of a big deal. Uh, we've had an email. It says, hi, Stuart and Amy. Couple of bits of running BS. Last week, I was in Bradford for work. It gets worse. On Sunday morning, my friend and I woke up, packed up our things, and were getting ready to leave the accommodation we had rented for the week. We were supposed to be out by half past 10 and had a five-hour drive to Brighton ahead of us. We then discovered the main road we were just off and our car was parked on the other side of was the start of the loop of the Bradford City Half Marathon. The runners would be coming past four times. We spoke to the marshals and found we couldn't get our car across and wouldn't be able to leave even if we could as the roads were all closed until 3pm. 
We'd been working in the centre of Bradford all week and not seen one sign about road closures. Fortunately, the marshals were amazing and managed to get it agreed we could drive very slowly down the road as the race route only took up one lane and then a marshal helped us cross the route at the end of the road where there was a gap in the runners and we were out by 11am. To summarise, the marshals were amazing and we were thankful for the help but race organisers do don't post road closures RBS. Now, this week in Brighton, just going to have to throw in that having to dodge seagulls dropping shells onto the promenade is BS, although love a run by a beach, so a bit of shell dodging is acceptable BS. Oh, I don't know. Thanks for your podcast, which is definitely helping motivate me to get out and run again, but listening to Amy's not running stories help me feel like I'm a legit runner, even when not running. Cheers, Francis. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad I could be a help. Uh, that Bradford City Half Marathon is... Four loops. It's a four lap half marathon. That's bad. Ah, oh, that's that is like a circle of hell, isn't it? It's like something out of Dante, or you know, like looping round Bradford four times. Yeah, I'm trying not to be too mean about Bradford, but yeah, four laps of anywhere is pretty bad. Yeah, but especially Bradford. But well done, nice marshals got you across. <laughs> Hopefully, you kicked off and really swore at those marshals. Yeah, yeah, it's like screaming. Out yeah, the car. I want to hear the marshals' point of view. They're like, oh, this. They just came up to us, just kicked off and swore and shouted and threw things at us. And they end up just driving their car down the course. (laughs) Hit a few people too. (laughs) Uh, And finally, we've got more from Saucony, who are now just fucking hell. They are throwing out any old bullshit these days. I I don't know how how they do this. Not only are they flogging two sets of shoes based on the story of the tortoise and the hare... How did how did they think that was a good idea? I mean, there's nothing. I think they took it to like a convention or something, but there's there's no information. I, I guess it is one like a sprinting shoe and one is a long distance shoe. It doesn't say. They don't seem to look any differently. The one is just kind of a bit grey and one is a bit green. Fucking hell! So thanks, sort of, to Clarice Sanderson for sending us that. And then continue the obvious theme from cheesecake to tortoise in the hair. They also now have shoes called the Shadow Six Thousand Space Fight. They say, they describe these as, you can almost see the thin red and black atmosphere of Mars, taste the delicious addition of a pastel space snack, and feel the brave orange of an astronaut space suit. One step in these, and you'll be ready to take flight. What the fuck is a pastel space snack? I guess that's the food you have to eat in space. Apparently it's pink. Is it? And like, it's called space fight, not space flight. They're called space fight. Is that a typo though for, from them? Like... No, I no, I checked the website. You, they are selling Shadow Six Thousand Space Fights. I wonder if Space Flight has been trademarked by someone. I think just... that's a bizarre name. And these shoes again—they're just normal Saucony shoes, but they're black, white, pink, red, turquoise, and blue. They've just I've put said... colours on there, and they've just said, "Ah, the red is Mars, and the pink is food, and the sole is like black with white spots. That's stars." And then the orange is like the colour that's on a spaceship, a spacesuit a little bit. I've said it before, j- just just do the colours. You don't need to give us a backstory. And if people like the colours, they'll buy them. If the shoe's ugly as fuck, which these shoes are, no amount of like saying it looks like Mars or tastes like a space snack is going to make people want to buy it. Okay? It's a random word generator now. It, it's They've spun it the other week and they've, it's gone tortoise and hair. They go, yeah, fuck it, that'll do. Mars, yep, yeah, we can do some Mars shoes, sure. How are they jumping from one to the other like this so quickly? It's bonkers. It's too much. It's too much. Speaking of too much, 
Soon hey. it's our 100th episode. Hey, what a segue. Hey. Um, we actually made a decision on what to do with this, and we'll be streaming it live on December the 9th, which, now I think about it, is a classic work Christmas night out kind of date, but... If you're not getting wanked in a Weatherspoons with people you don't really like, you can watch us record a podcast instead. Hey, that's got to be a lot better. <laughs> so we'll be streaming oh, live. fun. What fun. We'll be streaming live on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube and we'll welcome your comments on the night to give us plenty to talk about. Please come and leave comments or else we'll just be sat there in silence. So please send your bullshit in advance too so we can really have a good group therapy session. If you can't make it live, the episode will go out as normal on the following Monday. Yeah, you can get in touch with us all the usual ways on our social media and our email. Give us some good things to talk about. Come along on the night. Uh, we're going to have some listeners on the show as well. Our big guest is going to be really cheap uh, people. Just basically anyone that's available. That's yeah. really the plan at the moment. Yeah. It's a big deal. 100 episodes. Woo. Gosh. Oh, if you're eating anything at the moment... Maybe just stop while I read this mm-hmm. headline. Ned Brockman ran 3,800 kilometers on quote unquote mashed and maggot infested feet. And we can't comprehend. How, what, what and how? So Ned Brockman ran two marathons a day for a month and a half running across Australia from Perth to Bondi. And Brockman's physio, Alex Bell, posted a two part blog outlining Ned's extensive list of injuries. And it's well worth going and checking oh. out that, that blog if you want some, you know, some uh, nighttime reading to relax you. Alongside the usual runner's knee and chin splints and some more serious sort of injuries yeah, usual and strains. Stuff. Yeah, there was some usual stuff. There was some more serious stuff. Um, but what really stood out was that Bell reported that Ned's feet were receiving such punishment that his blisters became full of pus and he had maggots living in his toe. How do you get to that stage? If you're running for a month and a half and you've got a guy on hand physioing you, I mean, surely, come on, the physio must take some some credit for this as well. He had maggots in his feet. That doesn't happen quickly. No. Oh. Yeah. In his toe. Not just like around his shoes. Like they were inside him. He had maggots inside of him. Living in his toe. They, they were living in there. I've seen a lot of this article and it says, you know, and he continued to inspire people for this month. And like, that is not inspiring. If there are maggots in your feet because you have run so far, that is not something to be inspired by. That is a cautionary tale. This man has done something stupid. Don't do the same. Definitely. I mean, I think he broke the record. For oh, well, oh, there Australia. we go. That's, that's all that matters, doesn't it? But at what cost? Fucking hell. Like we've said, giving up is a good thing. Yeah. This is a man that should have given up. Because that's, that is so dangerous when you're getting to that point. Like, I've, you know, other parts of the article, it was said like they had to drive him for an MRI in the middle of the desert at one point because they were so concerned he was going to do himself such serious damage. And like, if you're doing that much damage to yourself, again, you're running across Australia, you could die. It is not worth that to get a record, surely. No. no. Oh, I'm so upset Disgusting. by this. So upset. Um, next up, uh, we've also got an update on the Brighton Marathon drama around unpaid prize money. Last year's winner, Alex Ramsey, posted on his Instagram last week that he is looking to employ a debt collection agency to retrieve the money that is owed to him. 
That's how far he's gone now. He took them to court. He took them to a small claims court. They didn't turn up. Mm-hmm. How fucking stupid are they? God, to not even turn up and plead your case and plead bankruptcy or whatever. Just like, nah, fuck it. I'm just imagining like bailiffs turning up and just taking boxes and boxes of medals or something to like yeah. melt down and try <laughs> retrieve some money for the scrap metal. A box of bananas and some yeah, some old t-shirts and things. <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, there's an alternate reality here where I'm just like, oh, this guy so desperate for his prize money, he's got bailiffs in. It's pathetic, but it yeah, you know, absolutely not. I'm fully on his side. It's absolutely about the principle of it. You've done a race. You've been promised a prize as a reward for what you did. And you haven't done it. This company has been in debt for years as well. This is not COVID they can blame this on. They've been in a lot of debt for a long time. And they keep fucking up. We talked about it last podcast. But they just keep fucking up consistently in numerous different ways. Yeah. And well, to show that, they're called Grounded Events. Or perhaps were. Uh, They run the Bryan Marathon. They filed a notice of intention to appoint administrators on November the 1st. That indicates the company is going to enter administration. They were still taking applications and people's money until November the 7th. I mean, there's a lot of incompetence that's gone in there at some point, but that is awful. Like, to not suspend registrations in while you're not sure what's going to happen like yeah, if something yeah. like that happens suspend it for a little while just saying we're not sure but to keep taking people's money when you're pretty sure you're not going to survive is so fucking bad yeah yeah i mean apparently a potential buyer has been found but until that point until that's all been secured because it just says there's been a potential buyer it doesn't say whether anything's secured yet yeah they shouldn't be taking people's money yeah i mean that I mean, that's a risky thing to take on if someone is going to actually buy this company and continue with the, the marathon. Because it's a similar, I guess it could be a similar situation what happened in the, with the Cardiff 10K. Like, all those people that have, say, a thousand people have paid money to grounded events, they go into administration, that money's gone. Yeah. And so then a thousand people, when this new company takes over, we said, right, we've paid for this marathon, are we going to run? And they're either going to have to let them run it effectively for free, or they're going to have to stop them running, which means they're going to kick off. Mm, and they've already ruined their reputation again before yeah. it's even started. So straight off, and, it, and you know, kind of in that situation, potentially, it's not their fault. Mm. That's uh, so messy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, important to do your... Re- when you're signing up for races and marathons, it's important to do your homework. Just because it's a big one doesn't mean it's a good one. Definitely. Do your homework, check around on social media, see if they're actually a good company. Anyway, before we finish, we want to tell you about our new, very fun idea of paying for you to race. We will pay... For two people to race, up to about 50 quid each, so, you know, no Ironman entries, soz. All you have to do is tell us why you don't want to run that race. Yes, look, we know times are tough and race entries are expensive, but we don't want to hear about all that. No. What we want you to tell us is about an upcoming race and then ideally why it's too stupid or too hard for you to have properly considered until now. It could, you know, it could be your, like your first ultra, like a self-navigated race, anything in the next six months or so, as long as you can sell to us what you do and don't want to actually do it. Once you've run it, we're going to need a report. Let us know how you got on. Just email runningisbull at gmail.com with your submission by the end of November and we'll announce our winners in two episodes' time. That'll be the live episode. Uh, Look, we don't need war and peace on this and we don't want a sob story. Like, again, we know things are expensive. You might not have the money. Fine, that's no problem. We kind of don't want to hear about that bit. The race doesn't even have to be super extreme. It could just be like a 5 or a 10k. Just amuse us. That's all we ask. Let us know why you want to do this race or why it's too stupid. We'll pay for it. We'll send you the money. Pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. 
I see other race companies have started to do this thing now and started to hand out uh, free race places thing, which is great. Feel like they stole our idea. We definitely had the idea first. We've been, just so everyone's aware, he's listening, oh, yeah, we've yeah. been sitting on this idea for months now. We have, yeah. I mean, that makes it sound bad that we haven't been doing it up until now, but... We were, we were waiting to get everything in place. Yeah, we thought of it, and then other race companies started doing it, and oh, well, now we look shit for copying them. Fine. Mm. Well, we thought of it first. We thought of it first. <laughs> Stuart, what have you got coming up next? No races! Yay! Yay! And I bought myself a sports massage. A, a, sports ma- a sports massage, because I'm sensible, sort of. Um, I was going to do another race on Wednesday, but I'm, I'm just not going to do that, because my hamstring hurts so much. Um, and also, excitingly... We've, we've arranged because you know Amy I said Amy needs to do more mountains so we're going to run a mountain we're going to run Panavan we're going to do the horseshoe loop together in a few weeks time depending on the weather because uh, yes, up there it, in December is going to be bad <laughs> and it will be depending on the weather because I'm yep. not going through that ever again in my life that's fair, that's fair but yeah. I think it will be fun it's like an 11 mile route which would probably take us most of the day but I think yeah. that'll be fun yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean that's what I've got coming up. Next. Yeah, anything. I was going to say anything else. else before before then. No. 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 Fair enough. Just mentally and physically recovering that's from fair the enough. ordeal. <laughs> so if you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com. See the show notes, the links from this episode, the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, merch store, and social medias. Goodbye. Strava relative effort. So we've partnered with Bird. It stops them from working. So don't don't green tea drink. They've got a rip. Yeah, it's not as much as a big as. Uh, it says hi, Stuart and Amy. And maggot infected feet. Infested. Fucking hell.